And that wakens people up to, to, it becomes more than a dry faith, it becomes more than experiencing church services or, or evaluating our faith by how good the band was this Sunday morning or this pastor sermon was good or not good. Now you're living out the, the, the gospel. You're, li- you're living, you know, uh, those, who are, those who are in Christ Jesus should walk even as he walked, the Bible tells us. Uh, and so this is, this is like, the, and this is not just a, uh, you know, some dry command from heaven, do what I did on earth, but it's the, the, the privilege and the joy of entering into the, to the life of Christ uh, on behalf of a world that's desperate and hurting and in need. Many Christians in the Western world may feel uncomfortable sharing their faith. Some don't evangelize because they feel like everyone more or less knows about Jesus. Others say they live out their faith without needing to preach it. However, the Bible calls us to share the good news with the whole world. Jesus' disciples actively preached the gospel, and they also followed the Holy Spirit's guidance to heal people and pray for strangers. But how should their example change the way we live and evangelize today? This week, we answer this question as Barry McGuire joins Gary Wilkerson to talk about how he felt challenged to share the good news in a new way after years of serving in the church. Now, here's our host, Bob Dimmer. Well, welcome to another Gary Wilkerson podcast. And today we have Barry McGuire on the program, who is uh, <laughs> well known oh, to many of our listeners and viewers, I'm sure. You're in trouble now. <laughs> you just you hit the bottom, man. I mean, you, they ran out of people at interview, and said, we got to get somebody. And I was walking by on the hallway out there. Hey, Barry, can you got a minute? This is not true. We, we've wanted you for a long time. We really have. And, and Gary, somebody you know for a long time. I've known him a long time since I was a little, we were both little boys. <laughs> We were, we were little boys, a few, a few years, a few years difference. But yeah, my father and he were close friends, and uh, four so years, I, yeah, 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 father and mother. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and Barry, of course, many will know you from from your TV car show that you did for a lot of years. Yeah, we did Car Crazy TV for eighteen years. Yeah. My gracious, yeah. you know. Shot it all over the world. We're on Discovery Networks uh, around the world, and uh, that was great fun. But what may, many people may not know is your involvement in ministry. And uh, for a long time, you've also had a ministry called Revival Outside the Walls that mainly yeah. is to teach people how to share their faith. How did you get into that? Well, uh, you know, I really, I've been in ministry all my life. <laughs> you know, we all are. I think uh, this this mm-hmm. handle of uh, full-time ministry mm-hmm. is, um, is not clearly understood at times. I, I actually struggle with that, you know. Um, my dad died in the church he was born in, uh, 83 years in the same church, and he was the one that volunteered for everything. Every, every, everything that could be done in the church, he had done. He was always the pastor's friend. And I saw that as that's the way I was going to live my life, be, be a, real, a church man, you know. Uh, we have a lot of folks listening to us right now in that category. But I also recognized I had no joy. Mm. I was just dry. Mm-hmm. It seemed like the more I did, um, in church, the tireder and the drier I got in. And it was not just me as Karen as well. And we, but we talked about it. How do we get joy? We should, have, we should have joy for Christians, you know? And we, we just didn't have it. We were dry. And um, <clears throat> uh, went to lunch one day that our church was putting on. It was an anniversary kind of thing they had. And we had a guy by the name of Herb Ellingwood as a speaker. Now, Herb, I'm going to really date myself now, but Herb was the legal affairs secretary for Governor Reagan, <laughs> all right? So it was 1973, and I was sitting right beside him at the head table, and I rushed to sit beside him because I wanted to hear all about, do they really pray in Reagan's office up in, in Sacramento? And For an hour straight, he talked, and he never mentioned Reagan, and I never thought about Reagan. Um, he was electric, 
and he mm. would just tell you all these stories of all the who he was sharing his faith with everywhere he was in stores and airplanes and meeting rooms and uh, waiting rooms and what what have you and, and it was it was just thrilling and i I saw his joy, and when I walked away, I walked away with tears in my eyes, and I literally said, God, that's, I want what he's got. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I want. <clears throat> when I get to heaven, after I see my mom and dad, I go find her, but you, you won't remember me. I was just a young, fun kid. But you, in an hour's time, you changed my life. Let me tell you what happened because you took that time with me. And I've tried to be that layman to as many other lay people, uh, persons, uh, women, guys, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and gals as possible in, in the, uh, ever since. So three years go by, and um, I'm sharing my faith so much. And, you know, you first you start scratching your throat and sweaty palms and, you know, not knowing how to do it. And always having results, but not doing it really well. <clears throat> and and until finally I read the scripture, you know, they'll know you're my disciple by your love. So I decided I'm just going to stop trying to prepare. I'm just going to low on people. That changed everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it got to where when you start loaning to people, you, they just open up their lives. I mean, you just have conversations everywhere you go. I mean, it's amazing. And in two or three minutes, people open up and tell you their deepest thoughts. If you're loving on them, you really care about them. So more now than ever. So after three years, I decided I <clears throat> God was calling me to full-time ministry. That's why I'm saying all this. All right. So I prayed this prayer. I closed my office door, and I prayed really the most fervent prayer I ever prayed in my life um, through tears. I said, God, I just want to serve you. I want to do what you want me to do. I just I want to please you. I want to do what you're wanting me to do. And I, I'm getting the sense you want me to go into full-time ministry. It's what I said. And um, if, if you want me to do that, um, I'll do it. But my our business at the time was quite small. We only had about 12 employees. And I knew if I left, I was the only third-generation person. My grandfather started a business in 1901, so I'm the third-generation. There's nobody else to lead it. So I knew if I left the business, um, <clears throat> it would not do well and probably fail. Well, God already knew that. But I said that to God. <clears throat> I said, so it's a big responsibility. I, but if you, I, I actually said, um, you almost have to speak to me in an audible voice. That's what I said to him. <clears throat> uh, not 20 minutes later, a guy walked in my door in my office by the name of Dave McNutt. And I had never spoken to Dave. He's my same age, uh, but I'd never had any contact. I never exchanged a glance with this guy. I knew he grew up in the mission field. He's a missionary kid, grew up in Africa. Um, that's all I knew about him. He'd spoken from the platform a couple times. And here he's in my office walking. He's like, ah, good morning, Barry, or good afternoon, whatever it was. It was after, oh, it was afternoon. He's like, good afternoon, Barry. How you doing? And I, I just, in the area, thought I'd stop by. So I made a snap decision. He wasn't into cool cars and shiny paint finishes. So I, I started telling people about people that I'm sharing my faith with. And he quickly leaned forward and he says, God's given you a wonderful ministry here, hadn't he? And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And I could hear Twilight Zone. It's <laughs> like, how is it he can walk into my office right now and say you have a wonderful ministry here? He says, you know, pastors couldn't reach the people you're just talking about right now. But as a businessman, you can. And he gave me this line. It's obvious that your business is your pulpit. Mm-hmm. I just went back. I said, wow, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. I've seen ministry and business, and they overlapped. But I didn't see them as one until that moment. Your business is your pulpit. Mm-hmm. So I told him this prayer I prayed. And he said, you know what? That explains it. I said, explains what? He's. I was driving up Red Hill, which is the closest main street to my, my office in Irvine, California, and uh, he said, God spoke to me and said, go see Barry McGuire. Mm-hmm. He said, I argued with him all the way to your office. 
I, I'd driven by, I saw your name in the front of the office, I recognized it from church, but I said, God, I don't know this guy, I don't even know what kind of business he says, I'm gonna make a fool out of myself. But God would not let me go. And I got to your lobby, and I thought to myself, he won't be here if he is, he's too busy. And the secretary says, come right on in. And, 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 and he said, when I walked in your door, my heart was pounding in my throat, and I didn't know what to say, but how's it going? So that's when I got the, the message, full-time ministry. That's a long answer to your question. but uh, So um, we are in full-time ministry, and whether we're housewives or doctors or teachers or um, in, in school or students, whatever, wherever we're at, we're in full-time ministry. Well, Gary, I guess as a pastor, you love to have people in your church like this, don't you, who Absolutely. don't think it's your job to make sure everyone hears the gospel? I, I just love being around people like Barry because it's contagious when you see – there, there's a shift from I'm supposed to do evangelism because I'm a Christian, you know, which which I think is a lot of reason why people don't witness because it, it's coming out of it out of a obligation. sense of obligation. Yeah. Rather than like, for me, it was a baptism of love that I've told you about before. And as soon as I found that love, it, it just came flowing out of me. And you know, you're contagious like that. That's why I love being. I have the privilege of being on your board as well. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, it kind of works kind of nice. He's, yeah. he's the <laughs> chairman of the board here of our ministry, World Challenge. And <clears throat> so we were just with them a couple of days ago, and he was telling us about this miracle after miracle that God is uh, seeing uh, opening up for for you uh, just you know and it's and it's you know what I like about your life to bear it's it's you know, when you're in the taxi or in the airport or the restaurant or you're speaking at a general council of a whole denomination it's you know you're you're the same person that it's, it's the, the the love of, of people it's and, I, and, and it's not just a you know you don't have like a you know, just okay. I'm going to do evangelism. It's like it, it's it's life. You're just. Yeah. I don't think you're waking up in the morning saying like, I, you know, I need to evangelize three people today. I think you're waking up saying, I just want to love everybody. I, you know, so, so you I, know, I, 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 I get a kick out of. I, I'm convinced that most evangelism programs are written by people who don't evangelize. It. Yeah, and that's because that, it's, yeah. it's. I mean, they're doing it clinically, academically, the way they've been taught. It's a book do you thing. Have, I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you have? I know you you got your ministry studies numbers and statistics. Is there a statistic? about how many people actually do share their faith? That, that, that oh, it's, it's, it's abominable. Yeah. Uh, let me say the top line figure first, okay. and what's the opportunity? Because, I mean, okay. among, I mean, most, most people watch this right now saying, I don't want to share my faith. I don't have to share my faith. Right. I'm not prepared to share my faith. I haven't I'm not shared qualified. my faith in 10 years. Uh, yeah. You know, I shared my faith once 10 years ago or something. Yeah. But they have, we have all these excuses. That's all they are is excuses. Right. It is the Great Commission. Yeah. The Great Commission didn't say, go ye all you who are talented or gifted or trained or paid into the world. We're all, we're all doing it. And because we're not, that's why we're in this, in this mm-hmm. mess. But, um, yeah, the, the top-line statistic is amazing. I've been sharing my faith for 40 years, okay? It's never been easier to share faith than right now, never. In mm-hmm. fact, it's so easy right now. It's, it's, it's like, like almost 100% of the time. What, what's, what's different? So... Uh, Look around. <laughs> uh, everybody's afraid. Nobody can leave the chaos. Mm. I mean, we move from God to anarchy. You get anarchy over here. You get God here. You, mm-hmm. you have a moral authority mm. when you have the Bible. But of course, nobody reads the Bible anymore. Thirty mm. percent of um, our nation now, thirty percent of the population, never goes to church. Two years ago, that was twenty-five percent. We're dropping like a rock. We we all focus on our our churches, our ministries, the things we support, and we're getting all this glory. Wow, praise God, and we should, we should. But that gives us a false confidence because when you step back, and that's what we've done, and we're looking at the totality of what's going on, and uh, we are in free fall. 
we're just in free fall. So 86% of the unchurched, 86% of the unchurched, even when they call themselves atheists, doesn't matter. They know the world's out of control, would like to believe there's a God that could make sense out of the chaos, and are looking for somebody to tell them. 86%, 83%, almost all of them already have at least one person in their life right now who's a Christian that they trust. In fact, the say says they would trust for their money. I mean, we've got influence. We have all the influence we need. We don't need to spend another dime to evangelize America. The, the problem is not them. They're in darkness. How are they going to know unless somebody tells them? And pastors, how are they going to tell them unless somebody sends them? And we're not being sent anymore, so we don't hear a, a sending message. We, we're edified. We're greatly edified every Sunday on, on, on Christian radio and Christian television. But where do we hear this? Why the role of the pastors equip the saints for ministry and go? Mm-hmm. Let's get back to how many are sharing the faith. Most studies show, say about uh, 30, 35 percent of us are sharing our faith, but that's that's a false positive. I think that's high. That's because that's high, well, when yeah. you go into the studies, which we do, we go we're deep into this research. Um, and most of the time, that means I'm living a good life. Mm-hmm. My actions speak louder than the words. That that is a damning statement. That is one of the most horrible statements mm. in the church. Actions speak louder than words. I have a lot of car guy friends who are better than most of my church friends. <laughs> I mean, they're caring and giving and and just unbelievable, stellar. I mean, I love them to death. There's, I often tell guys, you know, if 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 you could earn your way to heaven, you'd be at the front of the line. <laughs> you know? Being good doesn't get you to heaven or anybody else to heaven. So just by seeing you as being good. Uh, but people tell me, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, and I've, I'm, they put my name in the building over here, and I've done this, I support this. And, um, that's not righteous. It's it's self-righteous mm-hmm. because we're bringing glory to ourselves, and God doesn't like that. It doesn't bring anybody to God. So it's, it, we want to do good things and love on people and feed the poor and all those things. Absolutely, uh, at, at every opportunity. But always, it's a cup of cold water is just a cup of cold water unless you do it in Jesus' name. It's so easy. Just let them know, and you can do it. Not so, you know, I'm doing this because I'm a Christian. Just let them know you're a Christian, and you can do that in easy, just simple ways. You can say, hey, you know, my pastor told the funniest joke. Or, <laughs> you know, I always go to the El Cholo after after I have lunch there. Every Sunday after, after church, I go. That's you can a- tell them ways that just let them know without – Without bothering, you didn't bother them at all, but they know. So when Bob walks away, they say, "That Bob, I just love hanging with Bob. He is a good guy. Mm-hmm. That didn't do anything. But when they say, that Bob, that's, he's a good guy. There's something different about him. He, he's a Christian. Yeah. Maybe maybe I need to think about being a Christian. And if we can just move them with scotch, we think we got to get them down. If we, we're, we're a failure if we, if we don't get them down on their knees and pray the sinner's prayer. And I felt that way early on. Me too. Yeah. And I was upset with God. Oh, what, what did I do wrong? You know, where, like, oh, where were you, God? Like, come on. You know? And then you realize if you just move them with scotch, move everybody. Just, and the Holy Spirit's dealing with them. Billy Graham said sometimes it takes 20 times. We may be number two. Maybe number 19. Sometimes it is, and what a wonderful experience that is. But most of the time it's not. So it's just um, most face-sharing opportunities are spontaneous. Do you mm-hmm. care? You and I have talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. You're with somebody for a moment. Yeah. They're beside you <clears throat> and on the transport to the rental car. <laughs> They're in a, in a waiting room or it's the clerk or whatever. And you just have a moment. Yeah. But in a moment. They'll open up to you. They're in just a moment. So you, you know, you okay? Mm-hmm. Oh no, my daughter's hurt. What's your name? Mm-hmm. Susan. You know, I'll pray for Susan. What's what's the problem? I'll yeah, pray for. Her. So then you cool. look for that same clerk the next time you go in that store. Yeah, so, you know, we're so we're so aware as as 
followers of Christ were so we're so aware and so longing to be aware of His presence. Yeah. But sometimes we're not aware of the presence of the people around us. You know, uh, Brother Lawrence wrote a book in the 1600s called uh, pra- 1700s, Practicing the Presence of God. And uh, I like to see oh, the book, Practicing book. the Presence of People, yeah. and see that, that yeah. <clears throat> you know, the people in the, in the taxi, the people in the subway, the people in the airplane next to us, uh, to, to practice their presence. So, so I, I found that I, I tend to um, love on people and, and show the and speak the love of Jesus when I'm aware that there's somebody there. Rather than being aware of i got to finish this sermon or I have this podcast interview coming up and i got to do that. You know, when I get internal and aware of my stuff, I tend to forget there's people around me. Well, you're speaking yeah. for all of us, you know. Mm. I even do it myself on occasion. Mm. And I oh. But we get so focused we're doing this and there's somebody right there that God's put I, – I look at it. God's orchestrated that person over here to us and we walk right by. And I, I, I picture just going, yeah. oy vey. Do you, <laughs> do you, uh, do you I set him up and he walked me off. Pray, do you start praying for them before you talk to them sometimes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do that Start too. every yeah. day. Yeah. Start every day. Say, God, I have no idea uh, who I'm going to be with today. But help me move. And this whole idea of, of finding somebody today, I hear that so often. And, and how foolish that is. Mm. How many people will I be with today? I'll be on a plane later today. I'll be in an airport, I'll be you know, drivers, whatever. How many people will I be with today that are on their way to hell? And and I should pick one? Mm-hmm. Just just one? Uh, then what are we saying about the rest of them? We don't care about the rest of them? Then th- that's just foolish. Move everybody. Move everybody every day closer to Jesus. I hope I move you, even you. We can all be moved. You move me. We all encourage that's the body of Christ working together. But move everybody. No distinction. Start with my wife in the morning. Move everybody every day closer to Jesus. Just love on them. Just love on them. And if it opens up and they want, if they're you can't force Christianity. You can't beat them into submission. Don't argue with them. Be available. Love on them. And if they're hungry and they want, and if they're not, sometime later on when they are hungry, I get calls back. Yeah. People, I've been, I call, I call it chumming. You can call it sowing seed. I call it chumming because I go deep sea fishing. You just keep throwing out chum. I got chum lines out all over the place. <laughs> and people call. Lately, because of my age group, they've been calling when they've got um, stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. And I've been leading people to the Lord uh, with some regularity that are dying. Yeah, yeah. And I tell her, stop waiting until you die. Yeah, Don't yeah. wait till you Don't die. Wait. You may yeah. not have that chance, yeah. you know. But, yeah, uh, just mm-hmm. just everybody all the time and, and the opportunities. And when you do that, and every time you do that, you walk away with a bounce in your step. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yes, God just used me. How is it possible? And there's no question. He he puts the the two of you together and gives you the words to say, right? I yes, mean, it's just absolutely. you walk away, you know that's a supernatural experience. You help them, but man. Yeah. People say, I've never seen a miracle. You can see miracles every day. Every day. Just walk with God. And it, and it brings you to the place of, for me, the, one of the greatest joys in, in a revival I've had in the experiencing sharing my faith is – you know, here I was like I was pictured like the Bible's on my left hand, and I read all these stories about the the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit in the Book of Acts or in the Gospels and the miracles and and the woman at the well. And then I look at my life, and it's so you know it's so not like that. I know the theology, but the practice. And I, I had, for me, it had to be this experience, Lord. I'm I'm, I'm not going to read this anymore. I want to live it. You know, it's I, I want to read it still, but I have to live it. And I think a lot of when people start taking that step of faith and sharing their faith, all of a sudden they realize, you know, the, the, the book of Acts is still being lived out today. There's still, I mean, Same. I've heard your stories. You have yeah. experiences of, it's, it's of the supernatural power of it's the Holy Spirit. And, and that wakens people up to, to, to be, it becomes more than a dry faith. It becomes more than experiencing church services or, or evaluating our faith by how good the band was this Sunday morning or this pastor sermon was good or not good. 
Now you're living out the the, the gospel. You're li- you're living, you know, uh, those who are those who are in Christ Jesus should walk even as He walked. The Bible tells us, uh, and so this is this is like the, and this is not just a. Uh, you know, some dry command from heaven, do what I did on earth. But it's the, the, the privilege and the joy of entering into the to the life of Christ uh, on behalf of a world that's desperate and hurting and in need. And there's no greater, uh, you know, so, so I read my Bible, that brings joy. I go to church, that brings joy. I have fellowship, that brings joy. But but now if I take that extra step and say, here's the book of Acts and here's my life, and they they're, I'm going to make them match to the power of the Holy Spirit. Then all of a sudden it's like it, it, it ignites something in us that we wouldn't have otherwise. You've been listening to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Evangelism can sound intimidating until we find a natural life rhythm that makes it part of loving others. The Holy Spirit is the one doing the real work in listeners' hearts. Deep down, every one of us wants to live a meaningful life, and we will feel truly alive when we're living out God's great commission. Whether we bring God's good news to our workplace or a distant mission field, this is our truest calling. If this podcast encouraged you and you'd like to learn more about sharing your faith and the love of God with others, please visit Barry's ministry, Revival Outside the Walls, at ROTW.com. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound designed for this episode by Mike Hall-Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington, with video production by Aaron Gale. Next week, tune into the Gary Wilkerson podcast to continue our conversation with Barry about sharing our faith with others. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.